Blog Talk Radio. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in once again to the place where sports opinions collide. Dead End Sports. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about Jay-Z getting beat up by Solange in an elevator. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. We're going to talk about the NFL draft. The picks are in, and we got you covered. We're also going to talk about two of the biggest selections from the draft, Michael Sam and Johnny Manziel. We're also going to get in some NBA talk. Should offensive rap music be played in NBA locker rooms? Donald Sterling, as well as the NBA playoff coverage. Of course, I'm going to be joined by my boys, you know my partner from Dead End Hip Hop, Ken B and FIFO. So pass the word. Dead End Sports. It's about to go down. Let's go. Thank you for tuning in once again. It is Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That could only mean one thing. It is time for the best show on the Internet, the place where sports opinions collide. You're locked in live to Dead End Sports. I'm your host, Paul Kyle. The phone number to call in, area code 678, excuse me, 646. I'm about to give up my cell phone number, y'all. 646 478 Zero three five six. I actually did that once. That's kind of crazy. Uh, six four six four seven eight zero three five six. This is an interactive show. We ask that you not just listen to the show, be a part of the show, participate in tonight's discussion. A couple of ways you can do that: you can log into the chat room. Uh, the chat room is always open and interactive. Just create a profile for yourself and participate in tonight's show. Uh, you can also hit us up if you're on Facebook. Uh, just go to facebook.com backslash dead end sports. Become a fan of our page, like our page. Um, you can also check out our website, deadendsports.com. Uh, make sure you check out the other website, the big website, deadendhiphop.com. Um, also, hit us up on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, uh, you can follow us at dead end sports. You can also follow us individually at FIFO, F E E F O 247. You can follow B at D E E Z Y four three zero. You can follow Ken at K B I N G E, and you can follow me twelve Kyle at the number one two K Y L E. This is an interactive show. We are being broadcast live each and every Tuesday night. In the event you cannot listen to the show live, make sure that you check out the archives at blogtalkradio.com backslash Dead End Sports, or you can also check us out on Stitcher as well. If you have a Android or iPhone, just go to your application store, search uh, Stitcher, download the Stitcher application for free, uh, check out the Dead End Sports, and you can listen at your leisure. At home or on the go, it's just that simple. Again, the phone number to call in, area code 646-478-0356. Uh, so without further ado, let's get started with tonight's show. we got a lot of stuff to talk about. 
and I'm going to be honest, two hours probably is not enough time for us to cover it. Um, so I'll bring in my co-host. You know him from Dead End Hip Hop. Let's first start with the, with the resident beat maker of the crew, the man who did not provoke Solange in the, in the elevator. Oh, man, B, B, what's up, man? <laughs> what's up, man? What up, though? What's up? What's good, everybody? Chill it, chill it. What up, though? Yeah, everything's good, good, man. Can't complain at all. Can't complain at all. Same here. And secondly, got to bring in um, the the the, uh, the Al Sharpton of the crew. <laughs> I'm bringing in my man, Kid. Kid, what's going on, homie? Man, nothing much, man. Just uh, came in from tossing the ball around with with my kid, man. I the thing about it is I just finished uh, mowing the mowing the lawn. Uh, because the grass got a little high, <clears throat> and uh, the lawnmower has sat over the winter time. And you know, if you don't get that that gas out, it, it turns into stale gas. So it took me right. about a week to get that gas out of there before you know I could actually mow the lawn. So the grass shot, gas, you know, the grass shot up. So I finally, you know, and when the grass is high, it takes a little bit more effort. So I finally finished. I'm like, man, I'm gonna go in here, man. Take me a nice hot shower before I get ready for the show. And then this dude want to go. Toss the ball around. I'm like, man, are you kidding me? But, <laughs> you know, got to be that, that that good dad, man. You never get these moments back again. So, you know, we did what we needed to do, and, and here I am, man, ready for this show. Cool, 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 man. I, I understand, man. I, I've, I've been there. Been there. Definitely been there. <laughs> uh, last but not least, let's bring in the third party, the point guard of the crew. My man, FIFO. FIFO, what's good, baby? Yo, 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 what up, Kyle? <laughs> He's talking about a bunch of six pages now. <laughs> oh, you are locked in live to Dead End Sports. The phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six. And I apologize for the way I sound right. I got a little head cold along with allergies, um, but I'm gonna fight through it, man. This is this is uh, this is what it's all about. Uh, again, the phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six. So, if you've been under a rock. Um, a couple of things has happened over the over the weekend, or at least since the last time we spoke. Um, the NFL draft is in play. The NBA playoffs are hot and heavy. Um, games are going on right now as we speak. Um, we had an appearance last night from video game LeBron. That's what I call him. Because um, the video game LeBron came out last night. Um, but we're going to start first with the NFL draft, man. The NFL draft was this past weekend. Um, actually kicked off on Thursday night. Uh with a lot of celebrity and fanfare, uh, went from Thursday through Saturday, uh, seven rounds um, in New York City. Um, so I'll start with so all of you listening. You know that we all have our own favorite teams. Um, I'll start first with you, Ken. If you had to give a grade for your team and tell everybody who your team is, um, what would you give them for their, for their draft pick? Man, Kyle, you know, I, I don't really have a team anymore, man. Somebody asked me that before. I, I forgot where I was at. I think I was at... Um, but, you know, it was like, well, who, who's your team? And, you know, I got to tell you, I used to follow the Kansas City Chiefs uh, for years, man. I, I, you know, I was a big fan of Christian Okoye and Barry Word and, you know, um, Derek Thomas. Derek Thomas was okay. the, the guy that started it all. And, you know, when you're you're kind of young, or you're, you know, so I just kind of latched on to him. And I was like, man, that's my team, man. I'm going to follow the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, I'm a black guy standing in Mississippi rooting for a team in Missouri. Go ahead. You know? So, <laughs> so I followed them for years, man, up until the Priest home days, the Larry Johnson. Remember that high-powered offense they had? And, you know, just over time, man, I just kind of 
kind of fell out from, you know, finding a team to follow. Um, so I, I don't really have a team that I can really say uh, great. I, I don't have a team too great, you know, um, you know, in regards to okay. the draft. Um, but overall, I, I thought the draft was really good. There's a couple of players that, that I like um, that, that ended up in, in what I thought was some good homes. I, I like where Kelvin Benjamin ended up uh, in Carolina. You know, at this point, I kind of follow players. Um, I've kind of graduated to, to that stage of, of my career in life. And um, I like where Kelvin Benjamin landed, you know, um, so I'm curious to see what he does. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, I like where he landed. I think that that could be a good fit with him and AP if he if the pro day was was just a fluke. I'm curious to see how he develops um, as, as he go along. And, of course, everybody's going to be watching Clowney. Um, he really looked like, you know, everything that he went through leading up to the draft really kind of got to him. And um, and hopefully that humbled him a little bit to where, you know, he's going to really go into this, this NFL season this year and um, and give it everything he got, man, because I'm, I'm, I think, you know, it may have been a wake-up call when people were doubting him, not his talent, but him as a person. And I'm curious to see what he does with that and how he channels that into an NFL career. So, um and even I like what Dallas did, man. I, I think they they um, they did the smart football move um, in, in regards to, to trying to improve their franchise. Cause I, you know, I always think they have the talent; they just don't have the coach. So, overall, man, I, th- I thought the draft was was really good. I was flipping back between that and uh, you know the NFL play um, NBA playoffs, but overall, I, I thought it was a, a, a really solid draft. And I'm just glad that it's finally behind us. Cool, cool, cool. I feel you on that. Um, what about you, FIFO? Favorite team, and and how would you rate that draft? Um, you know, I, you know, everybody that know me, man, I, I play Miami, but uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna talk about the Bears just because I think that they're a little bit closer to a Super Bowl than, than the Dolphins are, especially in the same division with the Patriots. So um, with the Bears, man, I, I definitely think that they had a, a, a really good draft. I do like their first round pick, the cornerback Kyle Fuller. I think he's going to come in there and start day one. Um, and I think having a corner like him opposite of Charles Tillman, because we know what Charles Tillman is at, at this advanced stage of his career. He's not really a man-to-man corner. You know, um, he can't stay with everybody, but he is a valuable defensive player. So, you know, you, you want him on the field. And Kyle Fuller, you know, I think he takes a lot of pressure off of him. And I think that he's actually going to be one of the better corners up in the league, at least that's what I think. Um, also, you know, they went with the second round. They got a defensive tackle. You know, so so they're they're addressing the the um, the defense, and then also um, they got a running back. You know, they got a quarterback. They got a punter. They got a safety. So you know, it, I like what the Bears did. Um, you know, in the division in itself, that's getting tougher and tougher. You know, the top three teams, the Bears, the Lions, and the Packers, you know, it's going to be really close. But I do like uh, what they've done um, overall in the draft. I I don't agree with the personnel. I would have probably kept McCown myself, and I would have let Jay come and walk if that was me. You know, if y'all been following that, I've been saying that. And that that was the talk, too. Mm -hmm. I've been saying that because you could have gotten McCown for cheaper, and then in the right draft, you could have got, you know, they're saying the right, the right quarterback, you know. But um, I just, 
I think that in that division, when you look at Megatron, and 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 also, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna talk a little bit about the Lions because I, I tweeted B. I, I really like Ebron up there, man. I, I think it was a slight reach, but it was the perfect fit for them. That's their Gronkowski, and he, he's gonna dominate. And Megatron's gonna even be more open now with him if he can stay healthy. But um, you know, in, in that division, when you got Aaron Rodgers, um, you got the weapons that the Lions have. You know. Jake Cutler to me is just a little bit erratic. I, I, I don't like it. I don't like the interception. You can't turn the ball over. But outside of that, overall, I think this team and that there's already a, an opportunistic stingy defense got a little bit better. So you know, I think that's going to be able to hold them in games. You know, in that tough division. Okay, no doubt, no doubt. You you you, you covered. Uh, you started talking about Detroit. We got to throw it over to the Detroit representative. Detroit versus everybody. <laughs> B, what was your take yeah. on the draft, man? Um, I thought it was. I, I would give. I would give us a, a, a B minus. If I'm just grading on the Lions draft, I give us like a B minus, only just because I thought going for tight end in the first round was a, uh, a little bit of a reach. I, I was. We, we could have got a, either of those top notch cornerbacks that was. Um, that was available in the first round, but you know they they went with second and third third round. They got um we needed another center because our center he's like kind of you know <laughs> he's on his way out. So I think I'm glad we got a good center in the third round. Um, second round we went with a linebacker, which we still kind of hurting, but I really want us to reach at the DB. We got a DB in the fourth round, and I mean I said this before, like your money the money is made in the draft in that third, fourth, fifth round because you're going to. You're going to get the gems. Nobody's paying attention to them. Everybody's paying attention to the first round and all this, all the hype around the first round. But your money is made in that third, fourth, and fifth rounds of those drafts. So, you know, hopefully we got, um, what's his name? Uh, Kev, uh, yeah, I think Nevin, Nevin Lawson, um, uh, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the secondary. So, I mean, he's pretty cool. I, you know, I hope hope he can make a change because we are, we are suffering that secondary. I was hoping for us to draft at least two secondaries going into this draft, but we didn't. But, and we got a defensive end. We need, I, I got a feeling somebody, we lost, I forgot who we lost on the defensive end, but I'm glad we drafted the defensive end and another defensive tackle. I didn't understand the wide receiver pick in, in the sixth round. I, you know, I thought we was pretty much straight on that, especially after drafting tight end in the first round. So, But yeah, overall, I give us a B-. minus. Only just the fact that that tight end in the first round, Ebron, I think we're just reaching. But they say he's supposed to be like a broke man, Jimmy Graham. So hopefully he come in and, and, and shut shut me up this upcoming season. But you know what, B? Um, I, I feel you on the wide receiver thing. But but looking with the Packers, the two man, I, I think they drafted a, a wide receiver too. You know what I'm saying? Like another speedy, shifty guy, kind of like a Randall Cobb. So realistically, and that division is all about weapons. You got the biggest weapon, Megatron. Yeah, yeah. Nobody has a Megatron outside of y'all. But it's really about gathering weapons and putting up points, man. Because going against Aaron Rodgers, going against, you know what I'm saying, Detroit, man, y'all can put up points. So Yeah, we can. We've we, we, we we proven that already. We just can't stop nobody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, we've proven that. I, I know. I know we can put up points. I already know we can put up points with the best of them. But it's just that when they come on that defensive side, man, I just be like, oh, here we go. And then that's you know, oh, they score, they score. I'm like, oh my god. Like we just, we just need to just. I'm like I said, I'm fine with the with the center we drafted because we need some more offensive linemen. I, I'm cool with that. Our, our center, he's like our best lineman, and he's kind of at the end of his career. So I'm glad we went center. 
But that, I mean, even though that wide receiver from Notre Dame, he he is like the, like one of their go to guys. But I'm like, dang, we already we just we just picked up Golden Tate, and then we drafted a tight end. So I just didn't understand that other that wide receiver pick again. So I'm just like, man, we need that D. We need some secondary. That was my only issue. We could have got more secondary. No doubt, no doubt. I I was you know what B I was and I'm at the text because I was a little surprised um, at the tight end selection by Detroit. Um, you know, considering the the glaring weaknesses I thought that Detroit secondary had. But, um, <laughs> exactly. Exit is beast though. He's a beast. He's a beast. He's another weapon for um, for Matt Stafford. Um, the only pro- the only issue now is you know can Stafford stay healthy and get it done because. Right now, he's got weapons in the backfield, weapons on the outside, you know, weapons in tight. He's got a pretty decent offensive line. Now it's like, okay, what is what more do you? I mean, like he doesn't need anything else outside mm-hmm. of being healthy. So the pressure this year solely falls on the shoulders of Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford, um, yep, it sure does. As for my uh, my Falcons, um, I, I'll give them a B minus. Um, I think uh, I love the, the the initial draft pick of uh, Jake Matthews. Um, he is the son of uh, – he's the cousin of Clay Matthews and son of Bruce Matthews, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uncle played in the league. His cousins played in the league. I mean, like, they've got a lineage of family members. Um, and, and the Matthews of boys have always been beasts. Um, this kid, he was the offensive tackle for uh, Johnny Manziel and, uh, at Texas A&M. Um, I, I saw him play a lot during college. He's a beast. Um, I think he'll be a, a welcome addition for um, – Matthew Edward Ryan, who spent most, he, I think Matt Ryan spent more time on his back than a two-dollar host last year. Um, so I think he's definitely going to be a, 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 a help. Um, the second draft, second pick, they took uh, a kid by the name of Rashid uh, Hegman out of Minnesota, a defensive tackle, big uh, in, at Minnesota. Um, I didn't get a chance to see him play, but I heard that he was nice. Um, so, you know, Falcons really addressed the uh, offensive and defensive line with the glaring weaknesses on their team. Um, and then in the third round, they took a defensive back uh, by the name of Desmond South from, um, from um, Wisconsin. And I actually saw him play in college. He's, he's good. And I think in the fourth round, we went running back uh, Devontae Freeman from uh, the national champion of Florida State. Uh, yeah, Florida State uh, Seminole. So um, I think overall I, I give them a B minus. Uh, the Falcons still haven't addressed the pass rusher that they need as far as defensive ends. Um, you know there was talk that maybe they could move up and, and make a play at Clowney. Um, obviously that didn't happen. Um, there was talk about possibly moving up to get Khalil Mack, and that didn't happen. Um, I think the, I think they probably wanted to, but the price asking price for those teams would have been too high. Um, so in this division in the NFC South, where you got Carolina. Got uh, New Orleans, um, Tampa. You know, is, is really making them some big major moves with Lovey Smith. Um, it's going to be a black and blue division, so you got to be able to put up points more importantly. You got to be able to stop people. So you know that's going to be the key, and it looks like that's going to be key all around the NFC. I think it's. I think for as great as Seattle looks, I think Seattle or you know maybe San Francisco, one of those two teams is going to take a step back. I think the NFC wide open. Um, somebody can get hot, and if you get hot at the right time, you know, late November, early December, uh, you could be hoisting that trophy um, at the end of the season. Phone number to call in, area code 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. I just, not to deviate real quick, but I just looked at my, my ticker on here, 
Am I reading this correctly? The Wizards have 100 points against the Pacers? 174? Damn. <laughs> Kyle, you are lying to me. Indiana could have closed out tonight, kid. Kyle, are you serious? They could have closed them out tonight. 100 to 75. I'm looking at the score right now. I may be a couple of seconds off, but I'm, yeah, 175. With a minute and 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Hey, you know? hey, B, what, what, what did I say? I said, foolishly, I was taking the Wizards. I, and, um, I think we all picked the Wizards. We was all picking no, the Wizards. No, 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 no. I was talking about to win this oh. game. But anyway. Oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. You did, you did. I just, uh, I just had did. a feeling, uh, man. Uh, and, and, and I'm, a, I'm, a, you know what? I'll go ahead and say it on this show. Nah, nah, nah. I'm not gonna go there. I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Nah, you know, I just have a feeling, man. Sorry, I have a funny feeling that they were, they're gonna come back and win this series. I don't know why. You got an itch. But it's just it's just a small one. It, it depended on how they. I, I didn't watch the game, of course. Like I said, I was out um, I didn't doing need. daddy stuff. But um, you know, they lost two games. They lost two games. They very well could have won, and a lot of that had to do with experience, right? Yeah. Um, so you know, win tonight. You know, game game by game, right? Win tonight. Get it back. Do what you need. To fi- finally, win a game in the second round. Something you haven't done. Since I don't know when, right? At home, and then yeah, go back home. to Indiana yeah. and see what happens. You know what? But trying to win a game seven in Indiana uh, in yeah, the second I, round. I can't. Yeah, that's that's that's. So that's, you, you, I mean, to say that Indiana was going to win is going to lose the next three games. Two, I could say a game seven at home. I that would be a yeah, big plus. Much like I haven't seen the game. I just happened to you know check the scores just now. I didn't realize. Ooh, oh my gosh, they got. It. At home and in a but, closeout. But game. you know what though? That that last game, the Wizards lost that game. Like, yeah. like Indiana yeah, didn't win that game. It really should have been two two. So, you know, I picked the Wizards. I, I'm gonna stick I'm gonna stick with my guns just mainly because I think they have a better team. But they have to the Wizards have to be able to come back for a Hibbert when he's playing well. You know what I'm saying? So I, right. I, I, I took ten. I took ten against like Miami. Hibbert becomes that second off for that third half that NBA team needs that they need to rely on to win games and series. You see, because you already know Paul George, even if he's been up and down, he's kind of finding his rhythm. He had 39 points in the last game. I don't know. I haven't watched this game either, so I don't know what he's done this game. But he had 39 in the last game. You know David West is probably the most consistent player. And then when you get Roy Hibbert contributing, that's tough. But at the end of the day, the Wizards do have the matchup. Like, Roy Hibbert should not dominate more attack. They should cancel each other out. Nene and David West should cancel each other out. And realistically, that leaves Paul George versus Bradley Beal and John Wall. So if those two guys can get it going, I just think that they have too much. So I'm going to stick with the Wizards, man. I know they're young, um, and that showed in that last game on that last possession, even though Ariza was the one to inbound the ball. You know, it, it comes down to execution, and that's why I said I believe in the Clippers. Because when it comes down to execution, man, I, I think they're one of the, them in San Antonio are the two best teams that I see in the league right now. You know, I, I, minus video game James, you know, because you, you can't stop that when he go for forty nine. But yo, execution is all about the playoffs. Execution and matchup. 
Well, you know what, FIFO, and, and I watched the game two. They were up by three, and, and Bradley Bill, you know, uh, for two games straight, he was just, he wasn't executing the pick and roll right. He was throwing that pass low, and it would bounce off Gortat's foot. They had game two. Like I said, they could not execute down the stretch, and there were a couple of possessions where their youth, uh, show, youth when they showed, and they made some bad decisions. Game what three was just a bad game. Just toss that away, right? That last game we just we were just talking about. They were up by 19, but the pressure got to them again, and they started folding. And what I saw in that third quarter was that they were trying to put the game away instead of just executing and running their offense. They were trying to go for the knockout punches, and they kept shooting yep. these threes. When all, and John Wall kept making silly turnovers, tripping over himself trying to score on three pacer players. Like, he wasn't playing the way that we were accustomed to seeing him play against Chicago. He was playing out of control along with the rest of the team. And they also were complaining about a lot of calls that they felt they should have gotten that were not being called. So they, they were not being composed. They, they lost their composure. And, um, and, and, you know, in those three losses, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, today was a big, you know, you got to go down fighting, and I think that was a big thing. Like, I, I thought the Pacers were, were going to win this game. That's why I had no real interest in watching the game. But, um, but you know, much like you people, I mean, I picked them, man. I'm going to route them out, man. No need to, to switch now. It, you know, it is what it is. So we'll see. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I picked them, too. Yeah, it, it's, it's weird, man. I, I didn't, like I said, much like you can, I didn't watch it, so I didn't. I figured they could get knocked out tonight. Um, phone number to call in, 646-478-0356. Um, back to the NFL. Uh, one of the biggest stories from the NFL, obviously, was the money man. Johnny Money Manziel uh, falling. Uh, people picked and thought that he, Some people thought that he would go as high as number one, uh, which I didn't think, but uh, he actually fell to number 22 uh, to the Cleveland Browns. Um, people, why do you think Manziel slipped in the draft? Honestly, man, I, um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that he is that guy. And, and let's be honest, in, in this year's draft, quarterback wasn't wasn't the best position available in this draft. So I think that he fell mainly because of need, of team's needs. And as a number one pick, I think the Texans would have taken him if he was low, if, they, if their pick was lower. You know what I'm saying? I, I just think that as a number one pick. You cannot overlook Clowney, especially with what you already have in J.J. Watt. Now, you have arguably the most dominant defensive line, or at least the most dominant defensive line in the NFL. I think that's too hard mm-hmm. to overcome. Um, I-, I tell you this. I like the fact that Johnny was taking in the first round. I don't like the number he was taking because if you look at the other bounce quarterbacks that were taken exactly at 22, they didn't pan out. So uh, that might be a bad omen, but maybe Johnny Football can, you know, uh, overcome that. But, you know, I, I think he went where he was supposed to. But I'll tell you this. I, I, I'm going to tell you who messed up in this draft. The damn okay. Dallas Cowboys, they, they should have took Johnny Mantell. Because, look, this, this boy Romo, he's 34 years old, two back surgeries. What's, your, what's the future of the franchise? Like, I, I wouldn't have said that Dallas should have taken him. But once he fell to them in their lap, it's kind of like, okay, maybe this is not a position to mm-hmm. move. Maybe this doesn't make us better this upcoming season. But realistically, what is, what is Romo 
normal we're going to be. And let's be honest, we are on the show. We don't know if y'all going to come right in and be the mad man. But who better to learn this role? So a fact that doesn't have the greatest arm, doesn't have a damn good arm, but, you know, Romo improvises a lot. And I think John could have learned from that. I think that would have set up their franchise to be relevant, to be a very And, you know, and um, 
and a guy that was ranked high, higher than Johnny Manziel. And I think Minnesota Vikings, who ended up getting the guy they wanted later on in the draft, ended up going with somebody else. So I think that. So for me, um, I, I just think that based on where he was picked and how Cleveland manipulated the draft, I think he felt where he was supposed to go. And I think from here on out, it's seeing what he does with it. Is he more of a show, or is he is he the real deal like everybody proclaims him to be? I am, like FIFA, I want to say real quick, if I was Dallas, I would have taken him. Mainly because uh-huh. of J- Jerry Jones and, and, and because of Tony Romo. Because, yeah, he, his back is messed up, you know, and um, he's 34, and you're financially committed to him, but you're making tons of money, you got it. Um, mm-hmm. But the fact is you can flip that. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's what Jerry Jones does. He could have made so much money off Manziel. Yeah. If I was him and I had his business acumen, I would have taken him. You, why not? You wouldn't have lost anything, and every nobody would have judged you for it. Nope. You, man. I, so I think I think Dallas made a mistake. He didn't he have he, to be a winning quarterback. He just he, had he, to be Johnny Manziel for a year, and that's it. He wanted it. to play there. Too. He wanted to go there. He wanted to play yeah. there. Yeah. So I would have taken him. I fuck. You know, I would have. That's me. It, and, and it has nothing to do with Johnny Manziel's talent. It has to do with what I think that the excitement and the conversations around Dallas and Johnny Manziel in Dallas with Jerry Jones and yeah. Tony Romo. Oh, and you know what, Yeah. And you know what, Ken? Think about this. Like, Romo has only won one playoff game in, what, eight, nine years? So I think Johnny can do that. Can I say, hey, look, look, I don't think that he's a prototypical guy. I don't think he's an Andrew Luck where you put him there with a whole bunch of scrubs and he's going to get you to the playoffs just because he's that good. I don't see that guy. But right. has talent. And you can't yep. tell me that Johnny can't get you to eight and eight and one playoff victory in eight years. You can't. Look, look, I believe in Johnny that much that I think he can do that with the right pieces around him. I agree with that. I think with the right pieces. I think we saw what Russell Wilson did, you know, and I think that that's a good um, uh, benchmark. I think that's a good litmus test for what a guy like him could do in the NFL, you know. So and uh, so, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think they could find a way to make it work if he went to the right organization, and you know, we'll see what Cleveland does with him. Yeah, and then they would have up seats too. You imagine how how high how much. Uh, tickets they would have sold out if he went to Dallas. Like that would have. If I'm Jerry Jones from a business standpoint, I'm like, oh, let's get Manziel. He's gonna fit. He's gonna fill up that arena. Yeah. So, so why, gonna be why all do you think, think he flipped? Why I think he flipped? Yeah. I mean, because one thing I can, I think it goes for the height. I think he could probably play the height for a factor because I mean, let's be honest. How how many quarterbacks today? Really, that's like really that's consistently super successful and at that at you know under six feet tall. So I mean I think that probably played a factor. I don't know, and you know and I think he had a pretty good pro day if I'm not mistaken. I know Bridgewater was like the only he one did. that was like you know you know going off saying that he went so bad. What what's up? Yo B, what real up? quick, real quick. Um, did you know that quarterback? I think it was either six two and under or six one and under actually completed a higher percentage of passes in the NFL than quarterbacks taller. Oh, okay. So so height really doesn't have a lot to do with it. I think height and size has to do more with durability than accuracy or seeing over the line. You think that that well 
Yeah, yeah oh, because it, it deals oh, with it deals with trying to find throwing lanes and things of that nature. Um, I think even if you look at a, at a situation like Philadelphia, uh, one of the reasons why Michael Vick was able to be so successful, notice Michael Vick, you know, he had long steps to block, you know, because he needs lanes to throw in. He's not, you know, he's barely six feet tall. Um, same with Mandel, you know. Um, and one thing you got to remember about defensive linemen is that they're taught they can't get to the quarterback, jump up and knock it down. Um, so Manziel is going to have to move around a little bit to, you know, get the passing lanes that he needs to get. Uh, that being said, I think, you know, I kind of agree with Ken. I think he went about where he should have gone. Um, I don't think he was – I think he was projected really too high. Um, someone asked in the chat room about Blake Bortles, and I felt the same thing. Blake Bortles going at three. I don't think that Blake Bortles is a bad quarterback, you know, but Jacksonville has so many holes – I don't know that he can come in and just kind of change things and turn things around. I think over the last few years, we've been kind of spoiled when we've seen quarterbacks like uh, Matt Ryan and Joe Flacco and RG3 and, and Luck and, you know, Russell Wilson. Those kind of cats come in and, and dominate and, and play well early as rookies. Um, I don't think you're going to see that. As far as Manziel going to the Cowboys, I think, and as much as anybody knows me, knows that I have nothing but hate in my heart for the Cowboys. I think Jerry Jones did the right thing. I don't think that with, with as the way that the Cowboys are and the way they're constructed, there's so many holes that they have on defense that in the NFC East, it's not really about just scoring. I mean, in, in the NFL, you got to score points. I'm not. I'm not going to say that. But you still got to get line out. first round. They did they? They put the O-line in the Yeah, they line. did. They did. I would have gone so, defense because these some players out there. I Even the, the most diehard Cowboy fan will tell you that the O-line pick was a safe pick. It was, you know, because everybody was clamoring for, for Manziel, so that was a safe pick for them. It wasn't about, you know, so much as um, the best people. I don't – I mean, if you draft a, a quarterback in the first round, that means that your quarterback – and keep in mind, Tony Romo's making eleven million dollars a year. If there, and there's going to be pressure to get him. And I don't think, well, I mean, outside of Romo, you know, hurting his back last year, Romo still has. But I mean, say what you want about. No, he hasn't won a playoff game, but he puts up numbers, and he single-handedly carried that terrible team most of last year down the stretch into their, you know, into their playoff run. So you know, and I know people dump on him a lot, and he's the butt of a lot of jokes, and I got thousands of Tony Romo jokes. But I think I think for once Jerry Jones finally did the right. Drafting Manziel would have been it would have been about the show and not about winning. If you're serious about winning, then you know they probably should have gone defense because there were some great players on the board at that time. But no, nah, you you can't you know get a corner, get yourself a linebacker or something like that. Somebody's high on your draft board. You don't you don't spend a pick on Johnny Manziel. I, I'm in the minority in that thought process. Um, but almost every Cowboys fan that I talk to, they kind of agree with me. There was a few that would have liked to see Manziel just because they're fed up with Romo. But I don't know that, you know, because like I said, I think, you know, you, you, if you draft them, draft them that high, you know, people don't want to see him on the feet. And the first time Romo goes too much they're, they're going to be calling for him. You know what I'm saying? Of course, of course. But at the same time, man, I, I just think that sometimes you have to look at the future. And, and in the draft, right, it's all about projection. It's all about what can this person do at the next level. And I think that with the Manziel pick, I, I'm not mad. You're, you're 100% right. I think that they went with the safe pick in the draft. And I think, again, you're 100% right that if they wanted to win right now, they probably would 
or should have bought defense first. But all I'm saying is, is you got to look at the future because without a quarterback in this league, your team is nothing. You know, and, and, and you know, and you know who can answer that is Ken right now because the team he liked for the last three years, I told him their quarterback was in nothing. They drafted first in this draft. They lost, what, 12 straight, 14 straight games? The damn Texans? Because I've been told them Matt Schaub is a bum. And all I'm saying is this. You know, the Cowboys is always going to, you know, they're always going to be America's team. But all I'm saying is kind of like the Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers effect. There's not going to be a fall-off. You're still going to be a viable competitor once Romo is gone. And let's be honest, Romo's at the closer to the end of his career than he is the prime. Realistically, Romo has a year or two left. It's that. If he could survive this year. Because after two back surgeries, coming off of a back surgery, back surgery this past season, yo, the first time he gets rocked, man, come on. Like, like what, what, what is it? Like, week two, he gets hurt. What you go, who are you going with? That's true. Because I don't, I, I don't know who the, who the backup quarterback is. <laughs> Actually, we got some. Uh, I'm going to throw it to Ken. Ken, we got some breaking news. Ken, what, what you got for us, man? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's mainly for, and I just saw this on Twitter, uh, kind of, kind of for B, and I'm sure you already know it, but, uh, Stan Van Gundy, man, he, he's, uh, now the head coach of the yeah. Detroit Pistons. Uh, B, uh. And president. Yeah, and president. So, wow. so what's up, B? You, you, you like that? What do you think that's a good, good, good selection? I mean, I don't know who else would be out there. I mean, I know I was like, I know when Mark Jackson got canned, I was like, you know, we need to highlight him ASAP, you know. But maybe, you know, sometimes we say like, hey, yeah, you know, they need to highlight this coach, they need to highlight that coach. But maybe sometimes, maybe Mark Jackson didn't want to come to Detroit. <laughs> maybe uh, Avery Johnson didn't want to come to Detroit, you know. So it's like, there's plenty of available coaches, but at least we got somebody. I mean, Sam Van Gundy, he, he took an Orlando to the NBA Finals, so let's not forget that. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's going to bring some of his basketball wins in there. I mean, as of right now, I I, I guess that's a good choice because, I mean, who else is really out there available? But is it better you know than Mo saying? Cheeks and Joe Dumas? Is it better than what again? Mo Cheeks? I mean, I, I like Mo. When we hire Mo Cheeks, I like Mo Cheeks. I, I don't understand why we didn't give him a whole season, why we hire him in the middle of the season. Not even in the middle of the right. season, like in the, first, in the first quarter of the season. I didn't understand that at all, so... As of right now, yeah. I mean, I, it was Joe. It was Joe D. Time to leave. So I mean, we now we got a we got a new coach, a new president. He's about to he about to get bring you bring on this um Jim, which I think he said he was looking at Otis Otis Smith. If I got his name correct. So I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I said, it, these past few years we didn't have. I mean, we've been horrible. So at this point, it's only only way we can go is up. So I don't mind starting from scratch. So Stan Van Gundy, hey, we can see what we can do with that. Would you guys say that this Pistons team is more talented than the Orlando team he had when he was coaching? No, uh, no. Um, who was who was on Orlando squad again? Was it was Hugh Turkaloo, Amir Nelson, Rashard Lewis, Rashard Lewis, Turkaloo, uh, Howard, of White course. House too. Hell no. No. And was it Horace? No. Who was the four? Was it Horace Grant? Yeah, Brandon Bass. Yeah, Brandon Bass. Yeah, Gortat. That's when the Gortat was backing up. That's when he was the backup. So you say no, people? Hell no. No, because that Orlando team, they fit better. The choice the problem is they're talented. They're not more talented than, than that Orlando team, and they don't fit as well. 
Um, that Orlando team was, was like a glove, um, mainly because look at how they played. You have Dwight Howard down low. Everybody don't team Dwight Howard. I don't know why. I always say let Dwight Howard beat you because he's not that great of a superstar. And then you had three-point shooters all over the place. You had a 6'10 point forward. You had yep. another guy that was 6'10", 6'11", that was knocking down corner threes all damn day. You had a yep. point guard that can handle the rock, handle pressure, and hit threes. Then you had Courtney Lee, which was a rookie that came in, and he was balling his ass off for a rookie, hitting threes, hitting mid-range jumpers, being athletic. So, no, they fit perfect. Um, Detroit, Detroit is a lot of talented pieces of a puzzle that don't fit together. They have a lot of the same right. things. And right. here's the thing. Yep. Detroit, yep. honestly, they're going to lose Greg Monroe because of the money that they yep. invested into Josh Smith, which, yep. honestly, I don't think it's yep. 100% of a bad thing because I think that Andre Drummond and Josh Smith can coexist, and I think they'll be perfectly fine. But all three of them, they don't work. And the reason why, like, like they're not they're not shooters. Look at Rashawn nope. Lewis and Keto Turtle and, 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 and uh, Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard's down low. I'm in the paint. The other two guys are on the perimeter. Josh Smith has proven this year he's shooting, I think he shot like 23% from three, which is an NBA record worst out of people yeah. that shot more than like 100 and some threes. Come on. No, 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 no. No, Orlando was more talented and they fit better. All right. There's a breaking news. The phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six again six four six four seven eight zero three five six. You're locked in live. Dead end sports. I'm your host, Paul Kyle, joined by my partner Ken Prime. You know him from Dead End Hip Hop. He's Ken Fifo. Hit us up six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Um, <laughs> there was some controversy uh, in the draft on Saturday. <laughs> Um, Michael Sam, man. Uh, Michael Sam, the defensive end, the uh, he was voted the uh, defensive player of the year um, by uh, for the SEC. Um, he was taken as the 249th pick in the seventh round. Um, Michael Sam was obviously, you know, before the draft, uh, he is the first openly gay active player to ever come out and be drafted by the NFL. Uh, Michael Sam obviously was. You know, it was a big story going into the draft. Uh, some say he fell to seven. Some say that, you know, that he should have been drafted at seven. Some didn't think he would get drafted at all. Um, and some believe that may have something to do with his sexual orientation. That being said, um, what are your, what are your thoughts? I have a two-part question. What are your thoughts on Michael Sam getting drafted? And then if you, unless you've been under a rock, uh, ESPN covered Sam, you know, when they have the cameras and stuff on guys when they get drafted. Michael Sam gets drafted. Obviously, he is by the St. Louis Rams. He's overcome with emotion. He's on the phone with uh, head coach Jeff Fisher, and he begins to cry, uh, much like anybody else probably would. Uh, but ESPN exclusively had this coverage of Michael Sam. And Michael Sam, at the, when he got off the phone with Jeff Fisher, he hugged his boyfriend and kissed him on the lips. Um, so the question I have is, and I'll start with you first, B. What were your thoughts on Sam getting drafted? And what are your thoughts about, not so much about him kissing his boyfriend, but the fact that ESPN aired it live and repeated? Yeah, that, uh, well, as far as him getting drafted, I, I had, a, I, I figured he was going to get drafted. I mean, the dude, like I said, I think I said this before, he was the SEC defensive player of the year. So, I mean, I think that alone, 
is worthy enough to get drafted. And I, I, now, whatever you want to say about his combine and how he's doing in front of pro day, I mean, that's neither here or there. But, I mean, I, I had a feeling he was going to get drafted. I didn't think he was going to get drafted that late. I was saying at the latest, somewhere in the sixth round, I thought he was going to be like maybe a fifth, sixth-round draft guy. But I didn't, I didn't expect him to get drafted in the seventh round. And, I mean, as far as them showing him kissing, I mean, it's just the world we live in now, man. This is, this is, this is the world we live in. This is the society we live in today. Now, if this was, if this was like, 81 years, I mean, this was uh, in, like, in the 80s or something like that, in the 70s, oh, yeah, I mean, this, this, for one, they wouldn't even show you that at all. It's just the world we, this is the right. society we live in, man. It's just, that's all I take it. I mean, you know, it just, if, you don't like, if you don't like what you see, change the channel. When they show it at once. And when they were about to show it again, I just changed the channel. I mean, I, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. But, I mean, like I said, it's just, it's, just, it's just the world we live in, man. That's all. It's just a society we live in today. It's, just, it's, it's more acceptable now. So, I right, can't really right, get mad right. at that. It, it, it's, like, it's like those, it is what it is situation. Right, right, right. What, what about you, FIFO, man? What, what were your thoughts about it getting drafted and, and, uh, and the kids seen around the world? Um, you know, I, everybody had their had, had Sam on their draft board, you know, four to six. So, you know, obviously he fell. Um, it is what it is. Um, you know, uh, a lot of people say, you know, he's an undersized pass rusher, and that's all he is. He's going to be a specialist in the NFL. So, obviously, you're not going to go maybe a third or fourth or maybe even a fifth-round pick on a guy that's a one-dimensional guy, or at least that's what he's projected to be at the next level. So, I understand him you know, dropping down to the seventh. All right, cool, whatever. Um, in terms of the kids, um, obviously, when I thought, I was like, oh, okay, cool. They actually showed it. Um, I honestly didn't have any problem with it because if you watch any other person getting drafted, they do the same exact thing. They either kiss right. their mama, they, 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 they girlfriend, they hug their dad. You know, it's an emotional time. So that was just natural, raw emotion. So I had no problem with it. You know, because at the end of the day, who am I to judge somebody based on who they love? I, I, don't, I don't care. Just don't come at me. Right. You know what I'm right. I'm, I, I'm right. not gay. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I'm, I'm not attracted to men. So don't come at me. <laughs> if you have your boyfriend and all that, that's good. That's cool. You know, I'm not one to, like, I want to see it all the time. But in that right. instance, Just I thought it was... Exactly. Change the channel if you don't want to see him. At the end of the day, it, 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 to me, it was it was very innocent. It was, it was very raw. It was very real. It was just a man showing his his love and affection for somebody else in a, in a real emotional time. So, so to me, man, like people that had issues with it, man, get over yourself first and foremost. And if you do have an issue with it, there's 170 or 180 plus more channels that you could be watching. You know what I'm saying? And for the people that were saying that, you know, that they were disgusted that ESPN aired it and, you know, because their kids watched it or whatever, uh, this is a society that we live in. So this is just a teaching opportunity for your child. And, and, and as a parent, you should cherish these moments because at the end of the day, if it's not, would you rather them learn this type of stuff on their own or would you at least want to be their first person to kind of explain to them how the world works. You know, that, that's part of your job of being a parent. So, man, just get over yourself, change the channel, and, and, and just let the man live. Okay, okay. What about you, Ken? You, you, got, a, you got a young son. What, what was your take on it? Um, <clears throat> well, 
I didn't know it was a problem until it was a problem. Um, uh, when, you know, I started seeing the stories about the, the Dolphins, I believe, suspending one of their players and, yeah, you know, yeah. Derek, you know, Derek Ward's, you know, saying, you know, expressing how he feels, which he has the right to do. So, um, I, for me, it's 2014. Every day for the last couple of years, we have been dealing with this thing for 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 years. The the, the gay rights, and um and I think at this moment in time, we should be. We don't have to like it if you don't like it, but you should just let them be who they are because they're going to be that way anyway. You know, um, growing up as an African American, I can I can I can relate to some of the challenges and fights for acceptance that they that they they're fighting for. I understand it and I get it. Um, you know, but but for me, when you know, see, it didn't bother me. It didn't bother me at all because I am an adult and I am mature enough in in who I am and in in my household and my family. To, to be okay with that because look I, I years ago I dated this, this this girl man she used to sit up there and watch uh, the show I think it came on Showtime on HBO called Queer as Folk I think that's mm-hmm. right and this yeah. show was nothing about gay people right and um and we would sit in the bed and she would sit there and watch this show over and over again uh, every time it come on and I'll be honest it was it was one of the most uncomfortable things that that I watched <laughs> at at the time, you know, and I right, probably right, be honest, right. I still can't watch it now, you know. I probably be a little okay now because I'm much much older. I was in my twenties, but that moment, that you know, because I never understood why she was sitting there watching it, but she was sitting there and watching it. We were, you know, we were, I mean, again comfortable in who we are, you know. It helped me grow up and mature. And um and I used to sit there and and, and read and, and it'd be on and, and watch it with them, man. We'd just be in the bed just kicking it. And you know, and it, you know, and you know, over time, you know, with that and just you know, being in Atlanta and, and just working with, with people of that sexuality, you know, you just it, I don't have time to devote my energy to that fight because it's not my fight. Give them the rights that they deserve because they deserve to be treated equally as everybody else, and that's it. I'm cool with it. Uh, Back to your question about raising a a son growing up with that, you know, as a father, you know, like people said, it's up to me to educate my kid on, uh, on those type of things that he will see, but only when that time comes. You know, so... He didn't watch it. I, I I didn't watch it, and you know, like B, if I would have saw it, I, I probably would have turned the TV off because I don't want him to see that. Because I got to sit okay, there and try so to that's, explain. So that was my next question. What if what if what if y'all are you know you just come in from outside and 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 it just he just got drafted just and, and it's on the and the TV just happens to be on, and you know you, you know your your son is young, you know, and it comes on and and you're standing you're standing there and you're not realizing like okay he's here with me. And he sees it, you know. Now you may have some explaining to do to a child that you know may or may not understand what what he's really seeing. You know what I'm saying? Would you have felt you know? And, and I would explain it to him, but it wouldn't be anything that he hasn't seen before because it's one of the things that I like this and many other things. I can't I can't try to protect him from 
you know, the right. things of the world. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it, it, it is what it is, and, and, you know, he will, you know, uh, go to school with with people of different race and of different, you know, different sexual orientation than, than him. And the only thing I want to, you know, instill in him is to just treat everybody with the same amount of respect that you want returned back. And, and and that's it. So the people that are complaining about this, understand something. The people that are complaining about this that are upset are grown-ass people, adults in this world who have lived in it for years and years and years on this planet. And they're sitting up there ranting and raving because ESPN wanted to be progressive. I applaud ESPN for what they did, mainly because they – it, it, they're living in the future, and for one, it's, it's great because it's, it's a money maker. So it makes sense to have that coverage and put it out there. But they're living in the future. Why not cover it? Why be that that channel that decides to run away from this? No, no. Be fair and 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 be fair to 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 the the gay community as you are to the African American community, the Jewish community, every other community there are. Don't discriminate. So. You know, I, I I had no problem with it. I've seen it before. I watched Game of Thrones. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh my God, it's, it's everywhere, point. man. But I'm I'm married and I'm okay and I'm raising a son and you know and 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 that's it, man. I, I got I got my own problems to fight. You know, mm. it doesn't bother yeah, me. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree totally, man. I think um, I didn't see it live. Um, I heard that because uh, I was out and about. I heard that he had gotten drafted, <laughs> and uh, and one of my boys texted me, and he said, uh, he said, he said, man, he said Michael Sam got drafted, and then his then like the next text said, and he just kissed his boyfriend on TV, and so I said, my my, my next response was, was it like a Cyrus Bean kiss? <laughs> I don't have a problem with it, man. And I tweeted out, and I'm, I really mean it. I think Michael Sam's a, obviously he's a great football player in Missouri. Um, I don't know what kind of player he will be in the NFL, if he, and he's getting the opportunity. And at the end of the day, all you can ask for is the opportunity to, to, to earn your, your helmet and shoulder pads. Um, and I hope that his sexuality did not cause him to slip. But he, in reality, he's more of a tweener. You know, he could play defensive end in college. Uh, in the pros, it's a different ball game. Um, and he would be going up against much bigger guys. Um, maybe linebacker, but he's kind of slow. So he's, he's kind of in between. Um, he's going to have to earn a roster spot. That being said, like I said, I, I don't have a problem with him. I, I don't have a problem with – obviously, I don't have a problem with him kissing him. I think he's, he's a good football player. And at the end of the day, you know, you love who you love. Uh, much like you can, I had one of those moments where I read a book when I was because I was someone who grew up very homophobic, um, and it wasn't until probably I got to high school that I realized, okay, if you play sports, you probably playing with somebody that's gay, you know, um, because you know it's microcosm. It's like anything else, a microcosm of society. You you'll be foolish to think that you know your favorite player or favorite players might not be gay. Um, and it's okay. You know, that's what they do. I, I could care less about Michael Sam's sexuality. All I would want him to do if he's a teammate is show up on Sunday. That's it. Who he goes home to, you know, it doesn't matter to me whether or not it's somebody who, you know, looks like Neil Long 
Somebody look like Freddie Long. I don't know. It doesn't matter to me. Um, <laughs> so I could care less. Um, but uh, but much like you, Ken, I, in college I read a book called Invisible Life, um, and it changed the way that I thought about homosexuality. Much like you, Ken, when I was reading it, I mean, like, there were parts of the book that, I mean, like, I just literally had to put the book down because it was just so graphic and so visual. But, you know, I get, but that that book helped me overcome that, that you know, barbaric way of thinking. So, you know, it's, I, mean, I, could, I could care less. I could care less. Um, I think hey, um, what I did. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was I was just going to say, I mean, I don't know if you ever uh, read uh, James Baldwin's Giovanni, uh, Giovanni's Room, you know, because he was gay, you know, way back in the day, right, when, mm-hmm. you know, it was a, a problem, you know, um, in the world, and, and he wrote a book about this guy that was gay, you know, and he wrote about all of that stuff, and, and you know, I was reading that book, and, and just like when you were talking about the book, I remember how uncomfortable you know, it, it made me feel, but, you know, um, but again, you realize that, you know, they're individuals too, you know what I'm saying? And I'm glad that the NFL, um, the St. Louis Rams, not the NFL, because there's a lot of teams that passed on him. I'm glad the St. Louis Rams, you know, did draft him and it allowed the NFL to make history and be progressive as as a as a franchise as a, as a, as an organization so and I, I applaud them for making that step man because um you know it was a bold move and and you know it's oh, gonna be a, a, a circus but you know let me tell kudos you to them. About the St. oh yeah let me tell you something else about the St Louis Rams the St Louis Rams are quietly assembling a squad and yeah yeah if, they, yeah, if, it's, a, it's a big yeah exactly it's a big if but if, if Sam Bradford can stay healthy. Man, sky is the limit for this team. Defensively, they they will be able to compete with San Francisco and uh, a Seattle. I mean, they're just that good. And, and that's why it's going to be tough for Mike. I'm not saying Michael Sam can't make the team. It's going to be tough because of the position that he plays. They're loaded. But um, they picked up, uh, uh, I, I call him Lil De La Soul, uh, Trey Mason from um, from Auburn. And the third yeah. round, running back, son of uh, Maceo from uh, De La Soul Hip Hop. Saying, um, St. Louis, man, trust me, they got a. They picked up the big offensive tackle in the first round, and they got a squad. That that all all of that came on the heels of that uh, the trade that they made the, for the RG three trade. Um, yeah, St. Louis is gonna be. They're gonna be back. Um, I think between Seattle, uh, San Francisco, and uh, Arizona in that division, and in the NFC West, which is arguably the best division. In, in all the football, I think somebody's going to take a step back. And don't be surprised if the St. Louis Rams aren't back in the playoffs. You heard it here first. They got a squad. Trust me. Um, but last point of Michael Sam, man, like I said, I, I could care less. And I, I just, what I did Sunday morning, I went to Twitter and I typed in ESPN Sam Kiss. And it just, from what I from what I could tell, I don't, I, the most of the the, the anger and stuff. I don't think people had problem with him kiss because he definitely wants to kiss. But they had issues with the fact that ESPN kept running it over and over. And one guy tweeted. He said, "He, he said I'm watching Sports Center and I've seen Michael Sam kiss his boyfriend five times within a 12 minute span." And you know, I, I don't know. I mean, that's but that's like Ken said. That I think that goes to the brilliance of ESPN. They know that that's ratings to them. So. 
you know, like B said, if you don't like it, turn the TV off. I don't think that they were trying to slam it down anybody's throat, but it was major news. I mean, it, it was it's, it's national news, it's world news. I mean, the president even called Michael Sam to congratulate him. I mean, come on. So it, it's, it's bigger than just, you know, a little football player. And, and, I mean, he's a good football player. Let's just keep that in mind as well. Uh, the phone number to call in is 646-478-0356. You're locked in live to Dead End Sports. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. We're taking you up until 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Joined by my board, Ken, B, and Tifo. Uh, so hit us up, 646-478-0356. Um, next thing I wanted to talk to you about, Ken uh, actually found an, a very good article um, from the Washington Post, a columnist from the Washington Post. Um, he was very critical of the Indiana Pacers, and the reason being is because I'm assuming he was covering the Indiana Pacers series with the Washington Wizards. Uh, his name, let me get his name. His name is uh, Mike Wise. Mike Wise, I guess, came into the Pacers locker room and was, to much, much to his surprise, Mike, Mike Wise was, um, in his words, bombarded with rap music um, that was being played in the uh, Pacers locker room. And, they, you know, reporters come in to interview. Um, music was from The Game, Tiger, in particular. These are a couple of MCs that he named. But he said that oh, the lyrics were overly vulgar um, and a lot of N-words being used, F-words being used. Um, so it got me to thinking, you know, as far as I, I don't even want to call it censorship, but – you know, here it is that, you know, the Pacers, they're in their domain. It's their locker room. Or they're on the road, I'm assuming. And then you have these reporters coming in. And I know it's customary for, you know, teams to play music in the, in, the, in their locker rooms. Um, but to be playing hip-hop music with such vulgarity and, you know, shoot them up, kill them up, N-word this, you know, N-word that, blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, obviously... <laughs> Who better else to cover this than my partners from Dead End Hip Hop? Before I'm going to start with you, man. Should NBA cognizant of stuff like this? Um, should offensive rap music be played in NBA locker rooms? Yes. If the team wants to play it, it's their prerogative to play whatever they want to play. Mainly because, you know, music, you know, I, I think we had a question a while back where it was like, you know, what song did we use to hype ourselves up? So, you know, right. I, I think that the, the record in question uh, was tied in the game. You know, right now they're in a beef with uh, Lil Durk and some other Chicago rappers. So, you know, okay. of course, we, we know hip-hop. So when we're talking beef tracks, of course, well, you know, you're going to be a whole bunch of motherfuckers and niggas and Uh, and all of that type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, if that's what motivates the team, that's what motivates the team. And I don't think that, you know, it's kind of like the NBA tweaking Greg Popovich not letting, uh, you know, arresting his players. You know, like the the NBA came out with a rule, hey, you can't do it the day of, you got to give, you know, X amount advance notice. But at the end of the day, you can't tell Popovich, no, you can't arrest this guy. Because the ultimate goal is for you to win a championship. And if the music is part of you winning a championship, just ask Michigan State. They mm-hmm. were listening to Rick from Kwan, and that's what motivated them. So, no, no, okay. in no way, shape, or form should any league 
or any one person be able to censor or curtail or curate what music athletes listen to. Okay. That's a that's a great point in, in, in relating it to uh, Greg Popovich and how he sits his players. Dean, what's your take on it, man? Um, should, you know, rap be, you know, toned down in the locker room, particularly when, uh, you know, quote-unquote company is around? No, play whatever you want to play, man. They 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 win and their emotions is high. This is and this is just another stab at a way to, you know, to you know poke at hip hop. You know what I'm saying? If they was playing uh, death metal music where they talking about Russian and Saint and all that little stuff, would they have a problem with it? You know what I'm saying? If they was talking about that, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, come on, man. It's, it's, to me, I just look at it as a low way to poke to make fun or poke at hip hop music. This is because they playing that music, and, and if it's something that you might disagree, you don't want to listen to as a reporter. Just do your when you go in there to report, go in there and do your job and do your interviews and stuff, and keep it moving. If they playing some, some if I'm going in, if I'm reporting, I'm playing, and they playing some music that I don't really, I'm not a fan of. I'm not gonna be like, oh, y'all need to turn that off. Like I don't listen to this crap. Like I'm gonna go in there, I'm gonna do my job, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna interview who I need to interview and talk to who I need to talk to, and I'm gonna keep it moving. I mean that that shouldn't. Make a difference of what the team, if that's what they want to play to get to get off they, after they win or they get hyped or whatever, then so be it. Let it if it's a country song that, that someone get hyped about, let them play that damn country song or even before <laughs> after song or whatever. It shouldn't even matter, man. It's just music. Music is supposed to make you feel good. So if that music make that team mm. hype and make them feel good, let them play it. You know what I'm saying? Because I know I listen to some retarded stuff. When I was playing, you know, before basketball games, I listened to some retarded music. So it is a way for us to get hype. You know what I'm saying? So and you know what? <laughs> yeah. And you know, to your point, like when the Heat won the championship, I believe it was last year. Um, you know, LeBron is a big, big. LeBron is a big, big crit fan. And they was playing, I got this here. And the hook goes, fuck these niggas and fuck these niggas. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, right, exactly. So it's, it's, oh, God, man. It's, in the whole hook, fuck these niggas and fuck these niggas. No. It's, just, it's just another way, another excuse or any way to poke fun at the hip-hop, at the hip-hop culture, man, or music. That's all it is. It, hey, we don't know what to blame, so we're just going to blame it on hip-hop. Hey, they shouldn't play that music. That's all. That's that's a very good point, man. I, I didn't even think about it like that. Um, yeah. What about you, Ken? What, what's your take on it, man? I don't know, Kyle. I, I, I truthfully <laughs> don't know. Um, B said it. Uh, he said that if they were playing country or if they were playing metal um, or pop or rock or whatever, it wouldn't be that much of an issue. And and I'm, I'm, I'm led to believe part of the reason why is because of the content of those songs, the 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 vulgar content besides besides metal, I know some of that stuff is satanic metal and death metal, and all the other stuff. They may have an issue with that too, because they've had an issue with that stuff in the past as well. Um, so hip hop and metal kind of run parallel to each other when it comes to some some of the forms of content in hip hop. If they were playing Will Smith or <laughs> Fresh Prince or whatever you want to call them, I don't think they would have an issue. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 um, name anybody that's clean. If if they were playing that, they wouldn't have had an issue. For me, when I read his when I read his tweets and and you know it was 
the the n-word and and the cursing it was the vulgarity of of mm-hmm, the right. hip-hop music that was being played and i think that that made him uncomfortable which led him to being judgmental um which right. i don't think he didn't have to like it but i think that that was a little bit outside of his right because you're entering uh their domain i think that's what fifo said you're in their world so we're in rome do what the romans do right so you can't go in there and start judging somebody for how these athletes right. get along and, and, and do their job. You know what I'm saying? Because that's not within your right. Because if the music was a problem, I think the coaches would have shut it down. You know what right. I'm saying? I think that they would have said, you know what, guys? Um, I understand that this is what you listen to and what you like or whatever, but this 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 vulgarity, you know, I don't think this is a place for, you know, this type of environment. And as it's a job and they ha- it's within their right to ask their employees to not listen to that. I can't play it on my job, right? So right. if the coaches <laughs> and the organization didn't have a problem with it, damn it, he shouldn't have a problem with it either. Um, so to answer the question, it, it, it's, it's, it's difficult because... On one hand, it's the violence and the N-word. It's the, the, it's the hip-hop music, the type of music that they were playing, that the, the problem was the problem. Because if you have something that's clean, if they were playing a clean version, would it have been the same problem? I think it may have been because you can still understand what they're saying, but it just would have been without the, you know, the explicit that's in it. Um so, you know, like I said, if it was playing, you know, Fresh Prince, I don't think it would have been a problem at all. Because it's clean. It's clean hip-hop. It's friendly. It's, it's safe. So the reporter right. walks in, he feels safe, you know, among the power <laughs> of, of black people, right? Um, so it, it, it's a difficult thing to really judge. But I, I'm just going to side with the players, man. And, and I'm going to not only side with the players, I'm going to side with the coaches and it, and the organization, because if they had a problem with it, they would have shut it down. But like people said, their job is to win games. And if this is what gets them motivated to go out and win games, which makes me money, then damn it, play whatever you want. You know, as long as it doesn't cause any, uh, any you know, problems outside of that. Play whatever the hell you want. You just better go out there and perform and win me some damn ball games. That's all I want. Right, right, right. And that's it. So... You know, but, you know, and I, and I think I'm, I'm going to go with that. You know, um, I've been thinking about it. it. It's difficult. I think you have censorship that kind of comes into play a little bit here. Um, but at the same time, this is a professional-run business, and they decide how their culture um, runs and operates. And they don't have a problem with it, so I don't have a problem with it. And he shouldn't have a problem with it either. And, damn it, he shouldn't be on Twitter, you know, trying to, to talk shit so, oh, my bad, it's, it's, it's Tiger, not uh, Tigger, not ty- Tiger or something like that. Oh, yeah, because he spelled <laughs> it wrong. And, come on, man, get out of here. You, you deserve to get your head chopped off. Yeah, Nate, man, Twitter, of course, Twitter went in on him. Um, I, you know what, I, I thought it was perfect when you said it. I, I read it and I thought about it. Um, I felt some kind of way about it. I'm kind of, I think what people just said really kind of made me kind of reevaluate things when he, when he brought in the reference to uh, Greg Popovich. Um, that being said, I think he, I, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle like 10. 
I think you have to assess what happened here. I mean, you're talking about a DC reporter who worked for the Washington Post going into, I'm assuming, um, this was in Indiana. Even if it was, well, let's just say it was in Indiana. I don't think you can come into the patient's locker room and tell them what they can and can't do. Um, there are veterans on that team like David West. And I'm not saying, I mean, I'm not saying that David West don't listen to the to, to game or whomever. He might listen to Waka Fox. I don't know. Um, I hope not, but that's another story. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I think you, you have this a very slippery slope when you start talking about this stuff. Like, much like you can, I think it, it goes back to the organization. If the organization deems that, okay, well, hey, you know, because it, it, it's like this. My thing is, let's say, I don't know, let's say Bird and, and Donnie Walsh and, the, and the, whoever the president is of the Pacers, let's say they were coming through the locker room. If they were coming through the locker room, you know, somebody might send a memo down, a, a bird and, and, the, and the suits from upstairs are coming down. They'll be in right after practice. So, you know, let's keep the music low. Well, let's not turn the music on. Just put your beat headphones or whatever like that. Shout out to Trey, billionaire. Um, and, and, you know, we'll just keep it like that. I, I think it's a slippery slope if, you, if, you co- if you're coming into someone else's place of business and telling them what they can and cannot do. Um I can understand why he might be offended by the music, but you got to understand that's not your that's not really your domain to make change. If you felt that way, I don't think you take it to the media, you take it to Twitter, you take it to the, the Pacers management and say, hey, you know, I was a little offended by the music that was being played. You know, can you guys change some things to where you know when we when the reporters are let in, you know, we only get I don't know thirty minutes of questioning. You know, can they turn the music down or can they turn, you know, because we don't want to hear the vulgarity and stuff like that. I think that could be accommodated if you find the, the proper channels to go through about you know, about making it happen. Um, but just taking to Twitter and then obviously he has followers. He has people who know him and, and are going to retweet stuff that he's saying. And, you know, it was just it wasn't a good look. I don't think Twitter was the venue to vent for that because he could have gone about it a different way. And. For all I know, that was his first time in the Pacers locker room. I don't know that, you know. And I think it's a very slippery slope when you're talk when you walk into someone else's house and you're telling them what to do. Now he may have had a point. Yeah, the music probably stunk, and then he probably didn't want to hear all of that stuff. I wouldn't want to hear that, you know. If I'm walking in to do my job and interview somebody, so I don't want to hear a uh, game cut. I don't. But that's me. But I'm not going to tell him. I mean, I, I think for the time that I'm in the locker room, I can block that stuff out, you know. I can block it out, do my job, leave, and go about my business. You know, I don't think it's that serious. And I think what he did was he made a situation that was, wasn't that serious. He made it even worse. And he could have gone through other proper channels to handle it. But I don't have a problem with them playing the music. You know, if the team doesn't have a problem with it, who am I to say something wrong with it? Phone number to yeah, call Yeah, you in. know, um... Sorry, sorry, Ken, I'm sorry. Yeah, it, 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 it's weird, man, because there's this thing called professionalism, you know, and having professional environments. And I know being an athlete and, and in those locker rooms, is it's, it's different from the world we live in. Um, there was an article I think I read about uh, football, and I, you know, it was something that was really, really big happened in football, and, and somebody was like, 
uh, my job is different from your your job. And it was, uh, uh, I can't remember, it was on MondayMorningQuarterback.com. And basically he was just okay. explaining. It was about the Dolphin situation, I think, a little bit, what, what okay. happened with Incognito. And they were just kind of explaining. He was saying, look, our culture, my job is different because the way we operate is different from the way you guys operate. And because you don't live in this world, you would never understand it when you come in from the outside. So, And it's hard for us to try to get you to understand it. So you have to come in and just, you know, come in, do whatever you need to do and get out. So, so for him to have issues with it, I get it. Trust me, I get it. Like you, Kyle, if I'm walking in and, and that's all I hear, and then I'm looking around at my surroundings, and I'm like, man, really, guys? You guys, this, this is what you're going to play? You guys just have to listen to this now? You know, like you said, can you give us 30 minutes of just time with you without all of this background noise of, of, of cursing? Because let's be real, cursing and 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 nigga this nigga that it, it's it's offensive wherever you are it, you know depending on who you are you can't just run around just cursing what you know in in a public setting like that that's not a public setting but what i'm saying is that the usage of that language is offensive to anybody that hears it regardless of where they are so it's it's really 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 difficult and to really find like that happy medium i think you're right Cal i think you know, for the organization, look, the reporters are coming in. Let's just turn it off for a minute. Then when they leave, you guys can crank it back up. You know, I don't care about what you right. guys are playing. You know, but just for this window, let's do what we need to do as professionals, and then we can get back to doing whatever we need to do because we all still have a job to do, and we want to present the organization in a in a good light, especially if you're the Pacers. You have so much going on. But, look, the reporter made the issue. Like you said, Cal, you're yeah, absolutely yeah. right. The reporter made it an issue because we're in the playoffs. This is the first time we've ever heard about this, and I'm pretty sure it's not the first time that they've done it. So it's, it's no, no, no question. Woo, it's, it's a hell of a, a situation, man, to really kind of sit down and really come up with a, a, a solid opinion that's fair to both parties. But yeah. and I think it's, even much to piggyback on what you said, much of it, like you said, was was created by. The reporter, and and then it goes into it, it goes into that side of you know what's appropriate and what's not appropriate, and, and I, I don't think you tell anybody. I don't, you know, if you got your headphones on, your beat headphones, you know, listen to whatever you want to listen to. You know, when you expose that to me and the people around me, then you know maybe maybe I, I may have something to say depending on how I feel. Maybe I want to hear about the latest beef between game and whomever else. Maybe maybe that particular day I don't want to hear a bunch of loud music. Period. You know, so it just depends. It's like I said, it's a very slippery slope, um, and I think he went about it the wrong way. Um, but if he, I think he thinks if he makes a big enough stink about it, that is something that the NBA will address. And um, obviously, the NBA is very image conscious. Um, so if it's something they feel they need to address on a team to team basis, trust me, they will. Phone number to call in six four six four seven eight six three five six. Again, six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Speaking of race, your man Donald Sterling back in the news. Um, Donald Sterling, as many people know, um, sat down with CNN's Anderson Cooper. Um, decided to do one on one to set the record straight. Clear his name. Uh, I'm going to be honest before I even get into the discussion of it. 
I didn't watch one second of his interview. I, I read the transcript. Um, I just, I wasn't going to give Donald Sterling two minutes of my time. I just wasn't. I'm sorry. I, call, me, call me crazy. Um, but he says he's not a racist. Bo, I, I'm, I'm going to start with you, man. He says he's not a racist. Do you believe him? Man, this man, look, 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 <laughs> look, look, this man is 80 years old. Those initial comments did not come from a place of being, right. um, um, you know, baited into saying, no, motherfucker, like, that's been your thought process at least for the last 70 of them years, at least, right. at least the last 20, at least the last one. So, 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 no, he is racist, he's just backtracking, he's doing whatever he can to um, <clears throat> try to make the situation better. But when you're in a fucked up situation, you know what you do? You say, I'm sorry, and you let it go. Because mm-hmm. listening to him now, talking about Magic Johnson is not a good role model for black people. What the fuck are you? How do you yeah. know yeah, where to be a black person? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he's like, oh, because of the HIV. Look, 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 look. Let, let, let's be honest. There, there's an there's a understanding in America, right? If you're rich or famous or both, you're probably banging a lot of chicks, regardless if you're white, black, Asian, Brazilian, or whatever else nationality that there is in this world. If you're in America and you are either or both rich or famous, you're banging chicks. So Magic Johnson was doing what every other dude would do. He just got caught up and got H and, and, and got um HIV. HIV. And- you know, and it is what it is, man. That does not make him a bad role model because it's, we're not judging people on just one thing. You see what I'm saying? Like, Donald Sterling has a history. It's not like one time he was like, man, you know what? I don't want to deal with this group of black people on this side of town because every single time I, I read to them, they fuck up my shit and I have evidence. Mm-hmm. So you know what? I don't want to fuck with them. That, that's that's one thing. And that's not being racist. Maybe the black people on that side of town, they just fuck your shit up. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. But I, I, like, like the way he's trying to spin it, and, and Magic Johnson is not a topic of conversation versus really your comments. Like, Look, man, I, I, look, 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 look. This, this dude, when I hear him, I just have a screw face on because I'm like, bro, like, where, where are you coming from? Like, like. You know what? You're too old. You just need to go sit down somewhere. It's over, man. It's o- like like your band. Your wife ain't gonna get it. It's never gonna be part of the Sterlings right. no more. Based on just the, the 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 constitution of the NBA, even if you fight, you can't do because it's not gonna go to a court of law. It's gonna go to arbitration. And in arbitration, you're not right. gonna win that. You're not gonna win that. So it's over. And all he needed to do was just go on. Uh, uh, this, whoever the hell he was with and just say, look, I apologize for my statement. I'm not a racist. I truly don't feel like that. And that's it. And just let it be. Let the clippers be taken away. And that's it. And you know what? Probably most black people will look at you and be like, hey, he apologized. It is what it is. He moved on. He went quietly. You can do nothing but respect that. And just take it at face value and be like, look, he's moved on. We've moved on. And it is what it is. But nah, man, with him trying to like justify you know his right. stance and what he said get your old ass out of here man like at this point I, I don't give a shit else what he has to say I really want to see what uh, Magic has to say with Anderson Cooper but outside of that and, and to be honest Donald Sterling should have had that damn uh, that interview with Oprah Oprah should have sat down and be like let me holler at you 
You know what I'm saying? Right. Because I felt like he went the easy route. Because because Anderson Cooper don't know what it's like. He's not even from this country. He's not gonna ask the questions that that that, that the black community really needs to ask this man. He got off life. He got off life. Hey, great point. Great point by my man FIFO. Let me throw it over to Cam, man. Um, he says he's not a racist, man. <laughs> what do you think? You believe in him? Uh, <laughs> um, you know what? I, I like you, Kyle. I, I didn't watch it, man. Um, you know, uh, I, I saw it on ESPN this morning, and um, you know, much like what FIFO said, is is his PR move. He's just he's gonna say what he needs to say, and, and that's it. You you know, take it to the grave, uh, Donald Sterling. You know, I'm not a racist, and many people will come behind you that want to believe that and support you, and all of a sudden we have a fight. You're not, you lost the team, that's done. The NBA can't backtrack on that. You know, I don't know if you're just trying to save your public image from this point on or not. Um, you know, I don't know what is that's angle. Is. Uh, it, yeah, it may be. Um, that being said, I was like, I, I, when he said that, I was like, eh, okay, whatever, you're supposed to say that. I'm, I'm cool, that's what you're going to say. Uh, the apology you're going to apologize it's not coming from a place of sincerity that's not coming from your heart that's coming from your wallet Mm -hmm. that's coming from what the NBA has done to you the real Donald Sterling came out when he started talking about Magic Johnson because boy was he on some hater shit then boy (laughs) he went when I tell you he went in on Magic I don't know what Magic Johnson did to him I think it's still around that woman and and he let Magic Johnson had it. And at first I was like, oh, man, really? Start? Come on, man. Why you still got to go, you know, do this? You know, not a good role model, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, that's oh, whatever. And then he was like, when, <laughs> then he said, um, Magic Johnson, when he said Magic Johnson had those AIDS, I nearly fell on the damn floor. <laughs> he said, he said because he went and got those like, AIDS. You pick up the AIDS off of a, off a Crenshaw. Because <laughs> Anderson Cooper, you know, he was like, yeah, because, you know, he, he's not a good role model. You know, like people would say earlier, he's not a good role model because he has AIDS. And Anderson Cooper was like, no, he doesn't have full-blown AIDS. He has HIV. And, and he was like, all right, well, well, you know, whatever. And then he came back and said it again. Yeah, when he got those, those AIDS, and then he tried to say that I'm a good person because I went to the synagogue and I prayed for him. Are you kidding me? <laughs> really? He got A's and you you think you're a better person because you went and prayed for him. But you just said that he was running around sleeping with a woman from city to city to city and he got caught up. And because he got caught up and got HIV, he's a bad person. Donald Sterling, I disagree with you. I'm going to tell you something right now. When he got it and for him to come forward with it at the time that he came forward with it was brave. I, I say it was very heroic because exactly. there were a lot of black people running around thinking we could not get HIV. We thought right. we were immune to it. And when we looked up, and I'll never forget, man. When we looked up and saw Ma- Magic got it, the dude that's named Magic got HIV. Oh, oh, it changed everything. I, I think everybody sold out of condoms. It changed everything, man. 
and it raised the public awareness in the in the black community and, and just not only the black community but in the world as a whole because now here is somebody that everybody knew. There was a guy that was friends with, he was a star of the NBA. It was Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and Michael Jordan. And he was the one that was afflicted. You know what I'm saying? And now, you know, he has this thing that he has to deal with, and he dealt with it. He's still alive, and, you know, he has treatment, and he's shown that, he, you know, you can live with it and still, you know, um, have, you know live a, a pretty fruitful life. Magic Johnson Theater, he's creating businesses. He's giving back to the community. How is a guy like this not a role model. No, Donald Sterling, I think you're just hating right now. Hashtag hater alert. That's what this is. So, no, man, got those A's, and I went to the synagogue and prayed for him. <laughs> man, so he could live and be well. I didn't criticize you know him. Man, I, get I out of here. I want to add one more thing, too, man. Like, like the whole, what, what's, what, what's the wife's name? Shelly Sterling? Yeah, yeah Shelly Sterling. Okay, so, like, you know, now she's trying to disassociate herself from him, right? She says she's really been trying to get divorced for the last 20 years. But here's the thing. As a recent, as, as recently as this year, you've been sitting next to Donald Sterling at the game while the girlfriend sits across from Donald Sterling at the game. So obviously you had to know something was going on, and this is not the first time that he's had other women. Because like I said, if you're rich and or famous or both, you probably, you know, you dibble down or somewhere else. But at, at the end of the day, she, her excuse for not divorcing Donald Sterling was that her financial advisor kept telling her no. But if your morality was really being challenged like that, I couldn't see married to a race regardless of how much you had. You know what I'm saying? And that's easy for me to say. That's easy for anybody to say. Of course, that's very easy. But my sister then own up to it. That I didn't support them because of the money. And, and don't force the divorce now because it's going to leave the clip because the Clippers are now in peril. Don't, 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 don't do that. Now. Right. Don't do the desperation move because if you really wanted to divorce them, you could divorce them and you could have got enough money where you would have been straight. Maybe you wouldn't have been no billionaire, but you would have been better than 99% of the rest of America. You know, so. That whole situation, I, I'm in complete agreement with LeBron James. Nobody with the last name Sterling. I don't care if your first name is goddamn uh, Abumba Kwai Sterling. No way in the <laughs> NBA Los Angeles Clippers. No. Like no, no, it, it, it just no because because let's be honest, apples don't fall far from the tree. You know what I'm saying? And you've been rocking oh, with no. this guy for oh, how right long? Oh, you right about that. 30 you know plus years. For how long? Man, you know. You know. And then it's been, at, you know, it's been the last that you were part of it going, um, acting like a, um, a, a, an inspector, checking out if, they, if they're black, if they're minority. Come on. Look, you've been part of the game. You've been with the game. And now that's something that's big in your family. And look. Realistically, look, the, the, the Clippers are going to sell for well over a billion, probably about a billion and a half. Nope. And Donald Sterling, bro, you bought this shit for fifteen million, Bruh, bruh, you made over nine hundred. Look, just sell this shit and move on. Nigga, you're eighty anyway. It's <laughs> not too much. Money. <laughs> I'm sorry. What, what about you, B? What, what's your take on it, man? 
I mean, yeah, just like just like you and Ken. I mean, I didn't I didn't care to watch it. You know, I just you know saw from the transcript and the headlines and stuff like that. And I was just like like Ken said, it was nothing but a PR move. He he was just trying to save his money. You know, just just so you know, any future businesses come along, people will be like, oh, well, you're not a racist, so okay, you're fine. You apologize already. It was it was BS. I mean, like I said it before, man. He's eight. He's he got old money, man. He's eighty. He's eighty plus years old. We know we know what it's, it's been about uh, Donald Sterling. Ever since like that that phone call. But yeah, like Ken said, he was going in on Magic Johnson, man. I was like, I don't know if there's something personal that's been going on between them for years, but. Based on that, I don't know if he, he just got just some ill will against uh, Magic Johnson, man. Like seriously, but yeah, it's just nothing but a PR move. Him protecting his money or or in any future business. It's I, it was BS. I didn't believe him. No, I didn't believe him at all. Oh, definitely, definitely. And, and it's funny we uh, we've had a we've had a, a couple of uh, guys in the chat room going back and forth. Um, shout out to everybody in the chat room, man. My man Tiago Splitter, Charles Blackfist up. Uh, 6395, um, my man J Nag, Machiavelli, Michael Warlock, all in the chat room. Um, a couple of guys said they, they thought that Magic was, was great for the NBA and a great businessman, but they didn't think he was a role model. The question I threw out was, you know, why didn't you think he was a role model? I mean, of course, everybody's entitled to their opinion. I, I'll address that first, first and foremost. First of all, if <laughs> speaking as a black man, there's only a handful of people, athletes and celebrities, who are beloved by almost everybody. I mean, you know, they, I know I know black people that don't like, you know, Michael Jordan. I know black people that don't like uh, Oprah. You know, Oprah, most people like Oprah. I'll put it like that. But Magic Johnson? Magic Johnson is beloved by almost everyone. Not just black mm-hmm. people, but... In particular, um, there's no other athlete, I think, that has done more um, as far as from a business standpoint. And I've, we've seen it right here in Atlanta uh, with what he did with the Magic Johnson Theaters over in Southwest Atlanta, um, you know, and, and, and just developing communities and, and giving back, giving back where a guy like his counterpart, Michael Jordan, has. And there's no knock on Jordan, but Jordan has, you know, sold a gazillion Air Jordans, and I'm not saying that Jordan doesn't do anything in the community. I'm not going to say that for, at all. But Michael Jordan is the same guy who would not take a stance on anything when it came to outside of basketball, anything political, anything social, anything conscious. Michael Jordan said nothing his entire career. The fact that he spoke out against Sterling was a surprise to me. You know, yep. That being said, um, you know, I, I found it very, just reading the transcripts, I thought it was interesting that, you know, here it is, you're, you're here to clear your name, but you're bashing Magic Johnson, of all people. I mean, like I said, that's not, I mean, that's like, for us growing up, you know, one of the most beloved uh, athletes was in my era was Dr. J. Everybody loved Dr. J. Regardless of whether or not you like the pictures or not, you love Dr. J. Now, Dr. J from a political standpoint, from a social standpoint, from a conscious standpoint, is not on the same level as Magic Johnson. Um, but just on and off the court, everybody loved Dr. J. And the fact that Magic has HIV, I think that that's irrelevant. Magic has done more in the last 20 years than almost anybody. Anybody you can name, nobody has done more than Magic has done 
not just for the black community, but for all communities. So, and he continues to do when he could have just said, you know what, I'm going to count these millions and I'm going to go sit up in this house on the hill and I'm going to chill. You know, so for Sterling to get on TV and to try to bash Magic Johnson of all people, you know, he would have had a better shot at getting on TV and bashing, I don't know, Dr. Dre or Jay-Z or somebody else like that. You know, you, you can't, I mean, Magic is, is damn near untouchable as far as that's concerned, especially in the NBA community. So, you know, like I said, I read the transcript. My take on it, man, Sterling, of course he's racist. He's been racist probably all of his life. You know, like people said, he's 80 years old. You know, and like I mentioned last week, um, you know, most businessmen or businesswomen who own teams, they made their money elsewhere. But these teams are their babies. You know, everybody makes their money elsewhere. You buy a team, and then that's your baby. You know, so in essence, someone is take that the NBA is about to take his childhood from there. And he, he, of course, he's going to go down fighting. He may not even, I mean, he may be dead by the time this all goes through. And I'm not wishing death on him or anything like that, but it was revealed that you know, he had cancer. And I thought the timing of that was perfect from a thought standpoint because here it is, he drops these, you know, this tape comes out like a mixtape, like Chris mixtape, and, and now all of a sudden he's got cancer. So now we feel sympathetic for him. We, say, we saw the same thing with Joe uh, Paterno before he passed away. Um, I, I, like I said, Magic Johnson, that, that's not the, he's not the one. So to deflect the attention from the fact that you made these comments, and it's almost three weeks later. There was no apology. You know, he didn't say, hey, I send my, you know, I send my players, my head coach, my superstars. I love these guys. You want to talk about what he's done for the black community? You ain't done nothing for the black community, Donald Trump. Get the hell out of here. You know, so, you know, I mean, like I said, he's 80, and it's okay. Trust me, black people understand that you're a racist, and we're okay with it. Nobody, I mean, nobody. I feel for the players because they've had the endurance. I think it's great that they persevered and played well throughout it, you know, especially during that series. Um, and it's going to, you know, as long as this stuff is in legality, it's going to affect them probably going forward. I mean, I don't know. We could have a situation where Doc Rivers at the end of the season walk away from this, from this team. I don't know. I don't know what his contract situation looks like, but you just don't know. So, um, nah, man. I mean, Donald Sterling, just from the transcript that I read and based on what Anderson Cooper had to say, it sounds like Anderson Cooper tried to get him off the hook, and Donald Sterling yeah. got right back on the hook. So, yeah. so uh and, and it sounds like he may be in the early stages of dementia. I mean, I hope that's not the case because that's terrible. But, um, yeah, he, he's not going to um, he's, he's not going to do anything. And, and he's yeah, not I don't, I don't, you, know, you know what it sounded like to me, Kyle? It, it sounded like, it, it, much like what people said, here's an 80-year-old man who's going to sit up there and say whatever's on his mind. He don't give a damn whatever's on his mind. Uh, what the outcome is. You know, and, and that's what I heard when he started going in on Magic Johnson. It was like that, he, he switched to that 80-year-old man right. like that. And he said, look, cause I, look, let me tell you something. When I get 80, look, y'all might, I might be talking to Anderson Cooper, too, because <laughs> who knows what I, what I what come out of my mouth. <laughs> but um, but I, I want to touch on the Magic Johnson thing real quick. I think why people um, – like to say that he's not a role model. I think it, it has to do, 
and I could be wrong, but it's the only thing that I could think of. It has to do with the infidelity um, that he had during his his playing days. And, you know, as it was stated on this show before, as people just stated, you know, earlier, is that, you know, it, it, it happens, man, when you reach a certain status. Dwayne Wade came into the NBA. He was, he was a Christian. He was married, had kids. He did everything straight by the book. And then he got in the NBA, and his wife is estranged, sitting on the side of the courthouse uh, with a sign up talking about she needs food or something or whatever. She done totally lost her damn mind. And, 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 and so, um, so people look at the infidelity, and let me tell you something. I remember when this happened, um, watching, because Magic Johnson was a role model for me. And when I found out that he had it and knowing that he was married, I'll, I'll be honest, man, it kind of hurt because, you know, it's like, man, damn, man, you – you cheated on your wife, and now you know she's going to leave you. And now all of a sudden we have a we don't have that black nucleus family anymore. And this is in the public. You know it was kind of hurtful, man. But she stood by him, you know, in spite of all of that. And and in all honesty, it, it kind of showed a, a, a strengthening of a union, and it showed that a forgiveness on her behalf. And I don't know what Magic Johnson's been doing since then, but we haven't heard any stories, you know, since that time. And, um, but I think people look to that, that particular incident on how he contracted HIV and say that that's not somebody that should be a role model. But my art, my, what I would say to those people is look at all of the things he did after that because he made a mistake, he, he owned up to it, and, and he's done every, everything in his power since that moment to, to make amends with that as best he can, as best he could. And I think he's done an outstanding job. You know, so, you know, this world is all about, and, and us as humans, is all about um, uh, making mistakes, being forgiven for those mistakes, and, and moving on. And if, you know, and so, so, you know, that's all I wanted to say about that. I think that's why people, you know, kind of say that he's not a role model because they look at that thing that happened, you know, over 15 years ago and want to just kind of just let that stick there and, and not move past it. But come on, man, well, you know, I, I you know think what, his actions are deserving. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I want to touch on that before we jump to a call. People are full of shit, man. I'm, I'm going to keep it real. Can I, can I keep it real for a second? People are full of shit. I'm going to tell you why. Because, because everybody wants to get on their moral high horse. I mean, I'm not forgetting. You know what? Magic doesn't owe me, you, FIFO, or B, or anybody else listening any apology. His apology was to his wife. That's all he owes an apology to. If she decided to take it back, so be it. You know, people get on their and I talk about this. You know, years past. You know, with, when the whole stuff went went down with Tiger. I mean, that's his wife. It has nothing to do with me. He's married. Trust me, man. I've been married almost fourteen years now. Love my wife. We got beautiful kids. Great life. If I do something to jeopardize that, that's between me and her. I mean, yeah, right. And, and you have. And you have people out here making these decisions and making these comments and all this stuff like that. Who's to say that they haven't done half the stuff that Magic has done? The only difference is exactly. he's done it in the public eye. <laughs> That's the only difference. He's done it in the public eye. And, you know, and, and so I'm not, I'm not going to bash him for something that, you know, mistakes that he made because we're all human. We all make mistakes. And, you know, like I said, Ooh. if I made those kind of mistakes, then I, I have one person to apologize to. I, I could give yep. a shit less with everybody else, man. you know. And if she decides to, you know, <laughs> to take me back after getting HIV, hey, that means she's ride or die. You know, I probably wouldn't take me back, 
but that's how I'm watching. <laughs> right now, man, let's jump to the line. Feel like we got a caller calling in from Skype. Skype calling you on the air. Which name are you calling from? Skype caller. Yeah, I guess nope. you must hang up. Yeah, I guess I guess so. All back. All back. Uh, put him back on hold. Uh, phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Yeah, so I, I, that, that's all I'm gonna say on the magic thing. Um, next question I have for you guys. I want to jump back to the NBA, man. Um, it actually, it, I, it came from a tweet that I saw uh, that you sent, Ken. Sunday after Sunday's game with uh, the uh, Spurs, not, not the Spurs, with the Clippers and the Thunder. Um, it was in reference to Kevin Durant. And I think, and I don't know if, I mean, and, and Twitter's kind of hard to judge because a lot of times you have people trolling and stuff like that. Um, but you made a comment about the fact that people were really, really going in on Kevin Durant. I mean, obviously, they blew a, what, 17, 18-point lead, 16-point lead going into the fourth quarter. Um, so the question I have for you guys, I'll start with you first, Ken. Do you think Durant gets too much blame or not enough blame when the Thunder lose? Um, uh, yeah, 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 I, I, I do, man. Um, you know, and, and, and I, I, I say that because I, I saw when how people treated LeBron and, and they can't jump on LeBron anymore. Uh, LeBron people that people that don't like him do they're they're gonna stay on him because they just don't like him. Um, but when he won those two rings, he shut a lot of people up. So Kevin Durant's the next target, and um, and and so I think that people that don't understand certain nuances or flows of the game or certain situations of the game, um, they just go by what they see sometimes. And and you know, for me, for them to just jump on Kevin Durant. You know, after that game, I'm like, well, you know, what what else, what else did you want the guy to do? He just he scored twice on 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 uh, uh, Chris Paul, and other times he was double teamed. And the remaining times in the game, Westbrook had the ball. That's the same thing that's been plaguing them. So how was that his fault when he put up what over thirty something, and he he was damn near carrying them down the stretch? And his it's his fault. That, that he didn't get a shot at the end of the game or that you think that Chris Paul Chris Paul played him great but he right. scored on Chris Paul twice and he gave his team the lead twice so come on man like I, I think people just love to find somebody to just jump in on man throughout the whole season you loved him he was the MVP because you know mm-hmm. and, and now all of a sudden Westbrook comes back they struggle you know he's still putting up numbers and now all of a sudden he, you know Kevin KD needs to do this KD needs to, needs to do that and I, yeah man I, I think people are unfair to him you know um, a little bit too much he deserves some of it but it's only when he deserves it you know but right. but after every loss man after every single loss it's, it's KD's fault <laughs> it's like Give me a break, man. Like, give the guy a break. Gee whiz. <laughs> but it's going to be that way until he wins, man. It's unfortunate. But they, they're not going to get. They're not gonna let, let him lose. And, and Melo's next. If, if KD win one this year, Melo better look out, man. <laughs> that is so true. 
Keith, definitely next. What about you, Keith? What's your take on it, man? Does Durant get too much blame or not enough blame? Or should he get blame at all? Um, look, I, I, he, 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 here's the thing. When, when, when you're the best player and arguably the best player on the planet, because there's only one person on LeBron's status to and that is Durant, whether it's deservedly so or not, he, he in my opinion, he deserves the blame because when you're that great, it falls on you. And I think that as as, as you've seen both Kevin Durant and LeBron James for the, the, the past several years, they both have improved their game. Every year they come back and they're better and they're better and they're better. And and I feel like it's, okay. it's not all of Durant's fault, but because you are the best player, a lot of that is going to fall on your shoulders and a lot of people are going to blame you. Even if Russell Westbrook is the last shot, he shouldn't because you're the best player, so you get that blame. There's always going to be blame to be thrown to Kevin Durant's side. This way was thrown to LeBron's side. LeBron never had a Russell Westbrook sidekick until he got to Miami, right. but the was, well, why are you passing it to everybody else? You should. You're the one that should be the, 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 the last shot. But if you watch last night against the Nets, the biggest shot of the game was made by Chris Bosh off of LeBron's pass mm-hmm. off of the post. But years ago, right. LeBron wouldn't even been put in the post because he didn't have that game. And now as you look at, at Kevin Durant, he's getting guarded the same way Dirk was getting guarded a couple years ago when Dallas was the number one seed by, by smaller guys because Durant doesn't know how to physically dominate the post yet. So there's still holes in his game. So, yes, he deserves a lot of that blame. And I think, and you're 100% right, until he wins and he shores up some of those holes in his game, he's going to get the blame. And as long as he's kept as long as the last name on, the, on his jersey says Durant, he's going to get the majority of the blame, man. It's because that's what with the praise. That's what comes with the MVPs. The expectation level is high. It's very high. And I think the only way that Carmelo kind of skeeted by with, 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 without the expectations is mainly this. This is the first year Carmelo has not made the playoffs. And he's always been top three, top five in scoring. So you know what he is. And he's always performed. We always get to the playoffs regardless who's on my team, who's hurt, this, that, and the third. So, you know, unlike you know, LeBron came in with all the pressure. And then Durant, every year, you know, he, he he had to grow a lot more than Carmelo. Carmelo came in NBA ready. 20-something game ready. Shut out of college. Mm-hmm. He probably would have did it out of high school, just like I think Jabari will. But at the end of the day, Kevin Durant deserves it. And that type of pressure is only going to make him better. And everybody that hasn't watched the ESPN 30 for 30 with the with the you need to watch it because now it's different. The, the 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 type of pressure that makes players great isn't physical anymore. It's more mental. Mm-hmm. It's about getting over those mental hurdles. And, and 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 realistically, it's about your team and getting that team right. Like we all like basketball. We all know basketball. We all have you know pretty good basketball acumen. And we all see that as great as Russell is, as great as of, of a duo they are at times, and more often than not, more than 50% of the they're not a cohesive duo. They don't complement each other. They do the same exact thing in different bodies. And, and, and that's their problem. So Kevin Durant, unfortunately, 
just a part of that, man. Unfortunately, and it's not his fault, but it is what it's breaking the rest. You're breaking up, FIFO. Yeah, you're breaking up again, FIFO. Breaking up again, man. Let's toss it over to B. Uh, What's your take on it, man? Um, Durant, too much blame, not enough. Uh, I'm kind of almost, like, equal because, like, when they do lose games, uh, what I've seen is always, the blame is always on Westbrook. You know, it's like, well, Westbrook, why is he taking the last shot? Why is he something this? Why is Westbrook doing that? Why is Westbrook playing like this? I never really see that. I see some blame on Durant, but I, don't, I mean, I'm kind of almost like 50-50. It's like I think he don't get enough blame, you know, because it's like every time I look, Westbrook, Westbrook, he's always playing stupid. Or he, he always too much of a loose cannon. He's not letting Durant, you know, be the MVP and take the last shot. So I kind of, I'm kind of like in the middle because, like, I see Westbrook get all the blame. Like, granted, I think, and people made this point. I think when Durant, if I, if I was Durant and I had someone six feet and I'm and I'm six eleven checking me, I'm not gonna be out in the wing. I'm gonna be on that block because right. all I got to all I got to do is pretty much work. turn around. Yeah, all I got to do is pretty much turn around and shoot. Um, um uh, Chris Paul is not gonna block my shot. Why are you out in the wing, Kevin Durant? Like that's why Chris Paul was locking him up because he was out in the, in the perimeter. That was that's Chris Paul's domain. So you know he just got to work on that post up aspect of this game. But and also I just think we I think the media is just too spoiled from the Jordan era. So this is like now okay we've seen this player like Jordan win so much. Now in this new era oh if you're not winning oh guess what pressure's on you. you we don't care how much time it takes. So I, I just think a lot of people are just so I, I'm not talking about people that's on on the show. I'm just talking about in general. People are just so spoiled from the Jordan era. They think every superstar is gonna come in and win six championships. This is like just let these players be great in their own way. Let Kevin Durant be Kevin Durant. Let LeBron be LeBron. Kobe was Kobe. You know they. I, I, I'm sick of people comparing or trying to keep comparing them to Jordan. It's like Jordan is. Jordan for a reason, you know what I'm saying? Let let these guys pave their way. Let let LeBron be great. Let Durant and Kobe and all them be great in their own way. Hey man, that's that's a great point, B. Um, and, and you gotta let them be great because you know everybody's kind of you know they're, they're trying to find their way. And and one thing you have to keep in mind, and we talked about it on previous shows, and I'll say it again tonight. Um, you know, there's only one team that wins that NBA championship. Only one team that holds on the trophy at the end of the NFL season. Came from Major League Baseball, you know, NCAA tournament, what have you. You know, and I know it's good, while it's good to see guys win multiple rings, you know, the reality of it is, is that there's a lot of talent, and, you know, sometimes the best team doesn't don't win, always win. Um, I think Durant's criticism, I think it's much like me, I think it's kind of in the middle. Um, if superstars, you're going to get criticized to some degree. You're going that it comes with the territory, you know. Russell Wilson, he's going to do. I mean, Russell, Russell Westbrook, he's going to do his thing regardless. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, obviously, this series is tied two-two right now, and they're battling with uh, with with uh, with the, with, um, LA, with the Clippers right now as we speak. So. It's going to be interesting to see what happens if they don't get out of this round. I think they'll win in seven, um, but it's going to be even more criticism. Man, we get notification that we got about 60 seconds left. Got to thank everybody who tuned in, hit us up on Facebook as well as Twitter. Um, shout out to everybody who came through in the chat room. Um, 
Remember, this show is being broadcast live each and every Tuesday night. So in the event you cannot listen to the show live, check out the archives at blogtalkradio.com backslash dead end sports. You can also check us out on Stitcher. Download the Stitcher application for free. Uh, you can also check us out on Twitter as well. Check out our website at deadinsports.com. Uh, yeah, man, another week in the book. Uh, we'll be back next week, 9 p.m. Uh, so for my man, CFO, Ken, B, I'm your host, Paul Kyle. So I'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Go Westbrook. <laughs> it's stupid, man.